Welcome to another episode of Where in the Folk. Woo! We have got two special guests with us today. Hadley, who you have seen on our podcast before, and her good friend Christy. Uh, I am Reed, and next to me is the beautiful Cecil, as always. And where in the folk are we going to talk about today, Cecil? Well, it's not where in the folk, but it's who in the folk are we talking about today. Uh, We're talking about Mr. Donald Henry Gaskins, Jr. Pee-wee. Known as Pee-wee. And we have to address the elephant in the room. Tully is actually right now in a Olympic sport fighting sharks down in Clearwater, Florida. Is why he's not on today. So, you know, you think swimming with dolphins <laughs> is expensive, but swimming with sharks, that'll cost you an arm and a leg. Have either one of you guys ever almost been attacked by a shark? Anybody? Um, I've been surf fishing with them. My buddy... Uh-huh. My buddy Tyler and my other buddy Jason were uh, swimming in, I think, somewhere in Florida. And apparently there was a shark. And, like, they were out in the water, and they looked around, and they were the only ones out there. And everybody was screaming at the beach. And Jason said the next thing he seen was just Tyler looked like he was running on the water. And left <laughs> Jason sitting in the, in the water. <laughs> just left Jason out there. Like <laughs> wow, that sounds about right. <laughs> I've been bit by bluegill. Does that count? Yeah, it counts. Okay. All right, so um, we're talking about Pee Wee Gaskins. I'd like to get started with the person that bird, though, Pee Wee. Uh, Pee Wee's mama's name was Molly. Was that is that what you guys found, too? Because I found a different name. I, I found a lot of different information. This I did, too. Yeah. So it's kind of strange that there's a lot of different information about them, so... We're, we're going with the information we got. <laughs> <laughs> he was, uh, no matter the information we have, he was insane. But Molly, she was just a poor girl from a poor family. Did I get that reference? I did. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't make it too far in school. She quit when she was at the ripe old age of 12. Um, she quit school to help her family pick cotton and plant tobacco, you know, like thing, like people would do back in the 30s and so forth. As it turns out, there was a fellow by the name of Mr. Gaskins, a wealthy, well-known neighbor of Molly who loved to gamble and loved to drinking. He um, paid a high dollar amount of about a dollar per session with uh, to have sex with old uh, Molly, which in today's standards is about $15. <laughs> so she goes by up. today's standards that'd be illegal yeah well I, i'd imagine it was probably illegal in the 30s too wasn't it i didn't really look that up i just kind of assumed it's the oldest profession it is the oldest profession <laughs> well she was 12 though and he was an adult i mean that's well, i mean in the 30s you gotta think of it like this like my grandmother was 15 when she married my grandfather, and he was 27. That was a different time. Yeah, it was pretty. It was a different time. Yeah, it was pretty commonplace, and they were first cousins, by the way. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I'm joking. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. But it, but yeah, he paid her about 15 dollars per session in today's. <laughs> he ended up knocking her up whenever she was 14 years old. And after this, he, you know, he did the right thing, accepted responsibility, and paid her $10 a month and let her live in a three-bedroom shack with his child. So that's about $150 a month. 
in today's standards, by the way. On um, March 13th, 1933, old Pee Wee made his appearance to the world. <laughs> and the uh, world was forever changed in the lives of many people. And he weighed four pounds when he was born. I know. Four pounds. He's, and that's how, you know, the one of the things that I kind of jumping ahead here, but Pee Wee did not know his real name <laughs> until he went to school for the first time. I thought it was whenever he appeared in front of a judge. Yeah, that's what I thought it was when he went to court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So See? that's what you get for jumping ahead. You don't know shit. Right. <laughs> but anyway, the point is, Pee Wee didn't know his real fucking name. <laughs> he didn't know his name, no. I know a guy named Squeak that I still don't know his real name. So during uh, Pee Wee's childhood, Molly was an ideal mother, um, <laughs> as some would imagine. Her and Mr. Gaskins would play 20 toes right in front of Pee Wee quite often. Um, if you don't know what 20 toes is, look it up. But more often than not, they would just laugh at him and make fun of him. And usually they was doing this while they were having sex. And that would be when Pee Wee was trying to stop them. And it suggested, I've read this, and I think this might have something to do with the way he was. That they said he drank kerosene when he was like one. Yeah, had- I saw that or heard it. Um, his grandmother said that um, he'd had fits for like three years after he drank it too. It never did me like that. Yeah. <laughs> I always had a pretty good time on it. <laughs> I always had a pretty good time on it. Oh god, it's pretty fun. And you remember huffing gas out of the four wheeler when you used to go riding? I did it straight out of the can. I'm straight out of the can. That'd give you a little extra boost when you didn't think you'd make it out of the woods. <laughs> right. Molly, like we mentioned earlier before, she uh, was quite accustomed to accepting money for sexual activities. So she, more than likely, she did partake a little bit in the oldest profession in the world. It's known that she had sex with several men for exchange of money uh, throughout Pee Wee's childhood. She also just had lovers in general. A lot of a lot of scumbags uh, who were mostly alcoholics, and they would often abuse Pee Wee sexually and physically. And all this while Molly watched and probably laughed at him. So she was not a gold star parent. I know that it was reported that she, you know, had boyfriends and things like that. And, and of course, did prostitute herself. But in some of the material I read, she would often sell him as well. But that wasn't in every uh, every article that I read. I wasn't sure about that one, if it was just she made fun of him and did things in front of him or if she actually did prostitute him as well, which could definitely explain some of his behaviors. I read a little bit about that, too. And I I mean, the way that they talk about her, it's I'll say 98 percent possibility that she sold them to people. I'd imagine that that I I would assume that money exchanged hands a couple of times for a. For that. Yeah, and once we get late on into this a little bit later, I, I really think she was a huge cause of his behavior, and I'll, I'll explain why later. So moving on, you know, little old Donald, his woes were not just at home. At school, people picked on him because he was, you know, small stature kid. He's a little big kid, and he always had bruises on him. He's having it rough at home and at school. And at school. Well, Kids uh, dicks. the teachers, you know, being <laughs> sympathetic as they were, uh, blame Pee Wee for not getting along with other kids, so they beat the shit out of him too. 
so so he had a rough childhood there's no doubt about it he ended up quitting school when he was about eight yeah so sometime in 1943 molly got married to a guy named of hennett hannah yeah that was 1943 he hannah. was a field hand and uh he also mistreated peewee pretty bad yeah he was an alcoholic abused peewee just like everybody else he, he apparently got pointers from everybody um, and this is another inconsistency I found because they said after Molly and Hennett got married, they had two sons and two daughters. So that would put Pee Wee as the oldest, but I read something else that was completely contradictory that said that he was the youngest. So. Yeah, I read something that his older brothers would beat him, but I didn't find where he had older brothers. So. Yeah. And that's the thing about this, like, if you review multiple things about Pee Wee Gaskins, there's multiple different stories. And I think that might be because Pee Wee told these stories. Right. And one of the things about, I guess, being a little guy is he uh, always wanted to exaggerate stuff. So I think a lot of this information came from him or family word of mouth. And it was some of it was true. Some was not. And he just. He probably told things to make himself somehow look better mm-hmm. uh, because he had that little man complex. Yeah. Bingo. And I've got the fat man complex, so I know all about it. Uh, <laughs> I've just got a complex. Somebody looked at me and they said, boy, you're tall. I said, well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, Good observation. I'm there, almost bud. 40 years old, bro. I know. <laughs> I've been around myself all my life. I got measured at the doctor. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I reached the top shelf. Yay for me. But anyway, so when Pee Wee turned 12, it was time for him to man up and get a fucking job. So he started working at an auto garage. And people around town, apparently, he'd come to be known as someone who could fix things. Like fans and small appliances and toys and shit. So Pee Wee was apparently making good money doing this, and uh, apparently pissed off his stepdaddy, who I think, if this is true, is probably out of jealousy, made him quit and come work on the farm and in the, the fields and everything with him. Stepdaddy probably didn't like the fact that he was probably making more money than him, maybe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, like, because uh, that would be kind of embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> Especially when he's like. 12 13 years old making good bank well, i thought he was 11 when he started working um as a mechanic or something maybe maybe yeah, yeah. that's a lot that's another one of the inconsistencies you never know he's somewhere between 11 and 13 um but i feel like if it was me i'd be like hell yeah go make that money son <laughs> you know i'm gonna stay my ass right here and play video games all day <laughs> that'd be my route I'm trying to get my nephew to become TikTok famous. <laughs> he makes the creepiest TikToks I've ever seen. He's scary. He's scary as hell, and he's like six. It's weird stuff. Um, he has one where he's under a bed, and is playing some kind of creepy-ass, sad emo song. And then he just comes out and screams. And I jumped. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> scared of me. He's six and he scares me. Yeah, he's crazy. In 1946, uh, Pee Wee managed to make a couple buddies, uh, old Danny Smith and Henry Marsh. The they, Trouble Trio. The Trouble Trio. That's. <laughs> and uh, they found a little wooden shack in the woods and they cleverly named it the Hideout. 
because why not? Um, the Trouble Trio were a bunch of little shits, by all means. Uh, they stole candy and cigarettes from vending machines and so they could liven up the party at the hideout, you know? I can imagine them sitting there chewing on fucking Twizzlers and smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Just being badasses playing cards. Um, one time the Trouble Trio got into a bit of more trouble by peeping on the girls in the out- woman's outhouse. And they were given a severe beating by their parents. Um, but Pee Wee being the badass he was... Was quoted as saying, I'm not sad for what I did, but I am sad I got caught. So over the next couple of years, the trio was up to shit. They did, however, get a promotion when Pee Wee was around 15. Danny's daddy got the boys started on breaking into homes, and they would sell whatever they stole at local yards, you know. And um, with the earnings, the boys could buy their own cars and would drive to Fort Jackson or Columbus to get prostitutes. So this is whenever he was 15 years old. What do you think the breakdown is? Do you think that there's a good chance that he's going to come out all right? Scale to 1 to 10, no. <laughs> well, I found where he was um, harming animals when he was little. That was one of the things he was torturing animals. Torturing animals and then the trouble trio. Uh, you know, I think the uh, kidnap, rape of little boys, things like that. That was in some of the things that I read. Yeah. He had a pretty impressive, I don't know, uh, I guess, I don't know if you call it a rap sheet, but by the time he's 15, he'd done some stuff. Yeah. So the crazy shit really starts right about now, like the real in-depth, like no turning back shit. So at some point while they were paying for sex, the boys, the boys decided that prostitution was no longer their thing. Um, they, they wanted to know what it was like to have sex with a virgin. To resolve their curiosity, all three boys raped Henry's 13-year-old sister, Julie. And they apparently did so in multiple different ways and multiple times. Um, now, I thought it was her and a friend of hers. I See, that's another inconsistency because I only found the Julie part, and then I read one where it was a friend as well. The other thing I had read was the Troubled Threesome or, or whatever their nickname was, that the other two boys had raped him. Probably. I, thought, I didn't read that part. I yeah, because that was one of the things that um, I came across a couple of times, and I was like, why would he remain friends with them? <laughs> So, now, there, Paul, there's there's some troubledness going on with Pee Wee. Uh, Julie went on to tell their mother, who told the other parents, and the boys, rightfully so, got severe beatings and as punishment. The dad had beat the boys bloody. Not too long after the this incident, Danny and Henry's family moved away, effectively breaking up the gang. After this, he had made a friend w- with a fellow by the name of uh, Walt. And I can only assume that his last name was Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Because we all know that he was up to some shady shit. (laughs) But anyway, um, he barely missed a beat and he's breaking into homes and selling stolen goods for some nice profit at this point. Now, during one of the robberies, it just so happened that the house was not empty. There was a 16-year-old girl home. And she was, in fact, brave enough to attack Pee-wee with a motherfucking hatchet. You would think that would do the job. She's going to chop him up. Yeah. she um, And she is the basis of what ICP's hatchet person came from. Did you know that? I did not. I just made that up. 
Oh, you're funny. <laughs> Damn it. Pee-wee got the upper hand on her and took the hatch away from her and then hit her in the head with it, knocking her unconscious. Walt got away untouched, but this time Pee-wee got his little ass caught, and he was charged with assault with a deadly weapon and intent to kill. Now, during this trial is the first time that Pee-wee learned that his real name was Donald Henry or whatever. Yeah, like what I said earlier. Yeah, exactly, at school. <laughs> <laughs> But he was found guilty and sent to the South Carolina Industrial School for Boys in Florence. That's a really long name, man, for like a place. For juvie. I never went to juvie. Did you ever go juvie? No, I didn't. I didn't go juvie. I never got caught. If you guys notice, me and Reed are drinking uh, L8-1 cream sodas, and they're delicious. We don't get paid to say that. We just like them. Orange cream soda, <laughs> L8-1. It is fantastic. It's the best. So when Pee Wee was sent to this reform school, he was approached by a fellow that I found his name to be Boss Poss. Boss Poss. Is that what you guys found too? Yeah, and I didn't understand it because of the boss part. <laughs> I don't know either. I'm thinking it's like a reputation thing. Like Yeah, boss. I was like, is it a title? Surely it's his name. So Boss Boss Poss let Pee Wee know for a fact that Pee Wee was now going to be his sweetheart. And uh, told Pee-wee to be in, be in his bed every night or else. And Pee-wee, being the gangster he was, said, fuck that. And he did not abide. Well, old Boss Poss didn't take kindly to that. So on to the following night, Boss and about 20 of his fellow followers uh, sodomized Pee-wee many, many times. And uh, Poss raped Pee-wee each night and would sell Pee-wee for, set, for cigarettes and... Things of that nature. He had a horrible life. He had a really horrible life. But I was feeling sorry for him, but but you know after the fact. But anyway. Yeah. So after about a year of constant sexual and emotional abuse, Pee Wee and uh, four other boys who were being raped by bosses by the posses uh, followers decided it was time to hit the old dusty trail. The pos posse. The pos posse. That would be really hard to say. I'm with the Pops Posse. The BPP? (laughs) (laughs) The Boss Posse. Anyway, so they dipped straight out of reform school. Um, They didn't get to stay free for too long, though, as they was picked up the very next day hiding in the woods. But when the cops uh, had their face buried in donuts and coffee or whatever, the old Pee-wee, he managed to run away straight to his old hideout. And... um, he, too, was later found two days later. For running away, he received lashes for 30 days. Were they still giving lashes in the 50s? That's what I thought, too. I was like, that sounds like 1800s kind of shit, not 1948, 50. Is that like a whooping, like with a switch? Yeah, something like that. Except I mean, like, yeah. they were still switching up until the 70s and 80s in the South. <laughs> Maybe that's what they meant by Lashes, lashes with a switch, yeah. Lashes with a switch. I thought they meant like fucking with a whip. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> Probably with a belt, you know, oh, not not like oh, a cat of nine tails. Well, I ain't nothing. There. I got lashes for like the first twelve years of my life, <laughs> <laughs> at least. Right? Yeah, I think that's when mom and dad got divorced after she left. <laughs> is over. <laughs> yeah when you got told to go outside and get a switch that was yeah. um did you guys ever do that i mean we're all about we're all like 
from the age of when beating children was fine, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever go get your switch and get one of those huge ass tree logs and drag it back? Well, you had to be careful. Yeah, it didn't get too little. You couldn't get it too big. <laughs> well, else you get it worse. Well, so. I, I brought back a tree log. Like, I drug it back, and my mom used it. <laughs> <laughs> Just once, so. though. All right, all right, you little shit. Yeah. This is what you get. And you could hear it. It went... <laughs> <laughs> well, this Pee Wee Gaskin's life is just... It is some terribly yeah, dire stuff. <laughs> getting sodomized like he did and everything, um, that's horrible. And plus, in addition, he got solitary for three months. Probably so, for his own protection, though. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I, I think in this instance, I would much prefer solitary. Yep. Something I've, I'd, I'd noticed really about Pee Wee is every time he was in jail or reform school or whatever... He was really good about escaping. Oh, yeah. But, God, he he couldn't stay hid. Yeah, he, was he, wasn't, he wasn't the best about finding a place to go. So, after the solitary and everything, he was back He was back in the hands of Boss Boss, and the rapes continued. Uh, one time, apparently, they made him dress in uh, girls' underwear and dance around for him and stuff. I'd imagine that happened more than once, but... So in 1949, so this is all in the late 40s, at the age of 16, Pee Wee couldn't handle it anymore again, so he dipped out again, this time only with one other person. Now this time he did manage to stay free. He went to his aunt's house, and he and she decided to let him stay there as long as he stayed out of trouble and helped around the house. And uh, this was the first time he ever felt like he had a true mother figure, because apparently this woman, from what I read anyway, she was nice to him. Is that what you all got? Yeah. Yeah, she was pretty good to him. But after three months, she's like, you know, you can't be living on the run, Pee-wee. You need to go turn yourself in and finish out your time. So Pee-wee went back. Uh, he he was given solitary and hard labor. Each day, uh, the guards would uh, have reasons to give Pee-wee additional lashings, so they beat him too. And one day after being punished for no reason by a guard, Pee-wee punched a guard in the face and the nuts. This led to being Pee-wee sent to the state hospital for a mental evaluation. He was at the state hospital for a day, and his appendix ruptured, and they had to send him to the ER. After that, they just sent him back to the reform school for some light duty until he healed. And so, I, from my understanding of what all I've read and watched is this is the only time that Pee Wee got a true psychological evaluation. Yeah, and it was for a day. After he was healed, apparently the guards and Paws beat and raped him every night until he again ran away, and this time by himself. Do you think that's kind of like shit luck, in a way? Like, if he would have got to stay at this mental hospital longer, do you think they might have been able to do something? I don't know, because, like like we were saying earlier, a lot of the stuff he'd already done was kind of no-turning-back territory. I think that drinking that kerosene did something to his brain and he had no impulse control. And I think that is what led to a lot of his, if, cause if you read later, like he just would snap and people that he knew he would, you know, do stuff to. And that's not really normal behavior for like a serial killer. You know, usually they kind of distance themselves from the person. So I think he, I think he had some serious mental stuff going on. I think that, 
having that happen when he was one and not getting any treatment for that long, that he just didn't stand a chance at having a normal life. And honestly, during that whole time when he, from the one to three, when he was having all these convulsions and things, he was probably getting severely abused, too. Mm-hmm. So. And, well, another thing, too, is, like, if he would have been able to stay in the mental institution, they'd left him there. At that time, the psychiatric treatments were still pretty rudimentary. They were still doing, like, shock therapy and stuff. like Lobotomies. Yeah. Like you see in that uh, classic book and movie, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. So that's a good movie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if they would have been able to help him or not. I, I looked into getting a lobotomy once. I bet you did. But I'll say this. If they had kept him longer than a day, they would have been able to um, save a lot of suffering for other folks. Yeah, true. Yeah, I think that, that it's true that he would have it would have saved suffering from a lot of people but i think it would have been also different people because i think that even in the mental institution he would have he would have found a way to to become a predator because he later did and so i think he just would have ended up uh, uh predating on the people in the institution itself yeah, he so he was not your classic serial killer that was maybe methodical and and had um, you know like certain plans on on how to do them and stuff. He was just impulsive. Well, just like hitting that woman in the head with the hammer. That was somebody that he was robbing. She attacked him with a hammer. He took it from her and hit her. And that's just, I mean, you can just see that playing out in your head. Is he wasn't thinking. He was just reacting. So do you think it is a situation where you just had absolutely no, zero impulse control at all? I think he had no impulse control, and I think he had no conscience. Yeah, I agree with that. That makes sense. I agree with the no conscience. I think he had a very low threshold, too, of what, I think it goes with impulse control, but then when you look at some of the, the things that he did later and, quote, the reason why he did some stuff, his threshold to react was so much lower than what other people and so even if it was impulse control it was also a threshold of what he thought was right and wrong there there was some question about whether or not he was a racist um you know when it got to one of his his later killings and so it if it was because if he was a racist then he went way overboard i mean either way he went overboard but you know, his his idea was this person did this and, and it was so wrong that she needed to be killed and he couldn't control himself in doing other things as well. After he escaped the reform school, he started traveling with the circus. That's why he even get married married. Um, after he married her, he turned himself back in and he eventually finished his tenure there. So in 1951, when he was 18 he, and he got out of the reform school, Marion Pee-wee lived with Mary's family. He got a job on construction site. He did that for a little while until he knocked her up. And they decided to move to Georgetown, South Carolina, to live some more with some more of Mary's family. Uh, he got a government contract at one time logging cypress in the swamps. They carried on like an average dysfunctional family for a few months until he met up with a fellow named Slick. And that's when they started getting into crazy stuff like insurance fraud. 
he'd burn down the barns and the farms for local farmers and all it took uh all it took to get the job done was a little fee they'd all pay him out uh the daughter that's in the documentary she was born in 1952 uh slick guy arrested for arson but he didn't snitch or anything so that's good you know if you're if you buddy up with a guy named slick you're you're not going to be doing wholesome things (laughs) (laughs) that's true (laughs) that's all i'm saying soon after slick uh took the rap for the fires and everything being the gin he was he let p-dub in he let Wee and mary stay on the farm and p-dub uh, every time I put Pee-wee in here, I just pee- I put P-W. So I call him <laughs> P-dub. So when P-dub and Mary stayed on, they stayed on the farm. The new owner's daughter started shit with Pee-wee because she knew that he was the one burning everything down. She started harassing him, say she was going to ride him out for the fires and everything. Uh, he didn't take kindly to this, so he uh, he shut her up with a hammer to the skull as well. Uh, she didn't die though. He took off in hopes of getting away, but he's picked up a few days later. This time he got the assault with a deadly weapon again and intent to inflict bodily harm and arson for setting the fires. He got five years in the Carolina State Penitentiary in Columbia. Columbia? You know why he was setting the fires? Wow. He was stealing tobacco out of the barns. Yeah. And I assume because, you know, you would you had to have quite a bit of it to make any money, and he was selling it on the side, but... In order to cover up the the theft of the tobacco, he was burning the tobacco barns down. So he was a black market selling tobacco. Yeah, and I <laughs> that's amazing because I grew up on, on a tobacco farm, and when I grew up on one, there was so much regulation on that, on where you could sell it, how you could sell it. So back then, it was the wild west of farming, I guess. You know, I, I never knew how much people loved their tobacco until I, I, I was desperately poor once. And I was living in a 1985 Ford Ranger down by a river, and it was next, and it was in this tobacco field. And all I had was cigarette butts. So I broke off a leaf of a tobacco plant and dried it on the hood of my truck so I could roll these cigarette butts in it. And that guy got so pissed off, man, he ran me off his property. It was bullshit. <laughs> I couldn't take bath no more. So, when he when he got sentenced to this, he called the judge a son of a bitch, so he got another year. <laughs> so, Three words got him one more year. Yeah. That's the way it goes, though, whenever you go to court. Uh, sticking to tradition, though, in the first couple of weeks, Pee Wee met a fellow named Arthur. So sticking with tradition, Arthur supplied fresh beatings and rapings to Pee Wee, just like old Paul's did. Uh, this time, though, Pee Wee wasn't going to take this shit. He was he was fucking over it. He wanted to show everybody he was a force to be reckoned with. So Pee Wee hatched out a plan to take out the most powerful man in the prison by the name of Hazel Brazel. And Pee Wee did, in fact, murder him, but he made it look like he's defending himself and he only called a manslaughter charge. And he spent a little time in solitary. And when he came out, P-Dub was now the king of the block. And the other inmates provided him with his own man to beat and rape. However, Pee Wee did say take it. He took it easy on this boy. Yeah, I didn't rape him hard. I didn't rape rape him, him, you know, just to keep up appearances. (laughs) I didn't rape him hard. Yeah, I was was gentle with my feelings. God Almighty! I gave him some toilet wine. (laughs) (laughs) Flowers. Sometimes we'd light a candle or two. (laughs) I see you're confusing, and I'm. I wasn't sure because 
one thing that I read said that he had um, befriended like this gangster, and then he killed this the toughest guy in the prison, and so I didn't know if that was like you said, like is it the same person or if there was two different people. And this was where we'll leave you for the next episode. Please tune in because we're getting ready to get into the meat of everything. Hadley is a great friend and a guest, always willing to help us out, and we appreciate a lot. Tell everybody where they can find everything you got going on now. You can find me using Linktree at L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Weird Realities, and that's weird with a Y. And that's the Weird Realities podcast. And also, you can find me on Facebook at um, Hadley Thorne Fans, I think. I'm not sure. I've got a fan group. So, for you my still life. on Facebook? Still on the Facebook, yeah. I don't know how to operate it. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you got anything going on, or are you just a spectator? Just a spectator. You can't find me anywhere. <laughs> That's what be whenever the government comes after us all. <laughs> <laughs> She's my ride or die, guys. <laughs> um, Hadley has been working with. Have you not been working with somebody that used to work in the CIA? Yes, actually, Scott Baker, one of the writers who, which Weird Realities has grown. We went from being two people to now we're ten. Um, and a lot of those are writers, and we kind of do a rotating panel. Um. Scott Baker is one of those. He's a retired CIA agent. He's also the author of the Nurse Alyssa versus the Zombie books and numerous other books. He just released a book called um, Ghost of Salem Village, I believe, which is uh, about ghosts. Um, and we've got Jamie Hernandez, who is a best-selling zombie author. She's written... Um, Urban Gridlock is the Bourbon Jungle. Alan Gamboa, who is one of the Five Roads to Texas um, authors, and he wrote the Operation Zulu series. It was a zombie series. We got Jeff Thompson, um, another phenomenal writing writer. And Jeff and Alan and I are doing a show called Watching Weird, where we watch weird movies. And y'all are going to be coming on in yeah. a couple of weeks. And I'm, ex- I'm ex- very excited about that because um, I love all three of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> and before you ask, I don't know him. I was yeah, going to—I wasn't going to ask you. I was going to tell Hadley to ask him next time she saw him if he remembers seeing Reed in any meetings. <laughs> <laughs> we were, uh, don't, don't ask that. <laughs> but um, Hadley, where can they find your books? How's your third one going? I am almost finished with the third one. It's not the third one in the series. I've kind of put that off till the end of the year because I've been podcasting so much. Um, The first two are doing good, and that's Tapestry of Worlds Part 1, The White Raven Awakens, and Tapestry of Worlds Part 2, Running and Gunning. And I'm getting those to, um, they're actually at the editor right now to go get cleaned up for redistribution. So. And where can they buy buy your books at? Amazon. I'm available on Amazon, and if you have Kindle Unlimited, it is free. And so you know where you can find us. Um, Twitter, YouTube, BitChute, Anchor.fm, all at Wearing the Folk. So you just put Wearing the Folk after it, after your little slash. 
And if you want to be a guest, reach out to us through Twitter or email us at bipolar underscore teddy bear at outlook.com. And thank you for watching us because we're watching you.